Welcome to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Join us for turkey and deer hunting tips, information, and stories. And now your host, Todd Hogan. Hey, thanks for joining us with uh, Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales. Uh, my name is Todd Hogan. I'm joined by Nathan Oberg, Overberg, who helps me out a lot. I was one of the team members, and uh, we're real excited to have James Green on here today. How you doing, James? Doing great. How you guys doing? Doing real good. This doing is, good, uh, man. Uh, James, you live in West Virginia, correct? Yes, sir. What's uh, what's the weather like out there? Uh, it's pretty nice today. About sixty-four degrees. It's uh, sunny today. It's a pretty nice day today. Six. 64, did you hear that, Nathan? <laughs> Makes me thick. <laughs> that's freaking, that's November weather here, bud. Telling <laughs> you. So, uh, been trying to get James on here for a long time, and it's it's my fault, not his. We were going to talk about him elk hunting last year and a little of this and a little of that, but a uh, couple of Midwest boys are going to get uh, get their fill tonight of um, how what it's like to hunt in the big woods in the mountains of uh, – West Virginia. So if you're good with that, uh, James, we're going to start drilling you with some questions. All right, bud. Uh, just kind of briefly tell us what kind of the, tr- the terrain you hunt there. Uh, the elevation where it hunts 2,800 to 3,400 feet. Uh, it's steep. I hunt, uh, Mon- National Forest is 65,000 acres in Webster County. Um, it's really big. Nobody really walks to hunt. So if you go two mile back, you're, you're pretty good. You don't, you don't see nobody. Uh, it's steep, uh, a lot like Colorado, just no elevation, no breathing problems. Uh, but it, uh, rocky on top, uh, just like Colorado. A uh, lot, of, lot of oak, a lot of beach, uh, big flats on top of the mountains. You know, it's, uh, it's really good hunting here. Okay. And I know... That big deer you killed the last year, the year before, you took out of West Virginia, didn't you? Yes, sir. Come out of uh, Webster County. Uh, Gross scored 186 and two eighths. Netted uh, 176 and an eighth. His fourth all-time in the state. It's the largest buck that come out of a non-bow-only county. And it's the largest buck ever come out of Webster County, period. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. You're, hunting the, you're hunting the hills of West Virginia, and we can't kill deer like that in the Midwest. What the hell? <laughs> There's some talent there. Um, what is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said luck, too. Yeah, but I bet it was luck. <laughs> what, what are the basic topics to know when hunting in the mountains? Uh, you need the terrain. Yeah. Um, the gear you got to have gear i mean you know people it's just you know we're hunting west virginia you think it's just west virginia mountains but the gear the weather changed from my house at 2200 foot to webster to 3400 foot is a 10 to 15 degree swing we may have rain here they'll have three inches of snow up there okay what's um and we're kind of jumping ahead here but do you ever i've you know i've heard guys out out east that uh, are, are in the areas with a lot of snow do you ever track during the snow try to track them down I do, but it's it's really hard. Uh, in sixty five thousand acres, they travel long, long distances. I get that. 
I've got some questions here. I'm not trying to just reel them off at you, but uh, Nathan, you can jump in here anytime you want to. But uh, what are some of the major differences between hunting the Midwest, which I know you do, uh, when what we talk about typically is ag country? You know, we're never, we're always keen on destination food plots or, or cornfields or whatever else uh, when it comes to as opposed to hunting in the mountains. Well, I mean, in the Midwest, you got, you know, like you said, you got the cornfields, you got the soybean. When it's cut in the fall, you got the uh, you got your little patches of timber that you hunt in between. The, you know that you got your funnels to hunt. Well, mm-hmm. here we don't have that. We, like I said, I got sixty five thousand acres that I got to find this buck on. The pinch point here is is a uh, thousand acres. Where out there, it may be three acres. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you looking for there? Are you just looking for like a rocky shelf that has to force I- them into something? I look for travel, and they 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 tend the bucks tend to follow the the edges of the mountains where they can wind over and wind on top, so they can catch wind coming up. They can catch wind on top. They can wind the does when they're in heat down over or on top. So they they, they tend to skirt the edge of the mountain right right on the edge. Okay, all right, Nathan, go ahead, buddy. Well, and that's, I was going to touch on that a lot because we, we've talked about it a little bit too. And I mean, of course, it doesn't matter where you go in the country, uh, you know, those deer are going to put, uh, put the wind in their favor and, and use it. And I know uh, certain terrain changes and different things like that can affect the thermals and wind direction as well. Uh, how severe is that in the mountains? It's really severe uh, up Williams River where I hunt on, on the National Forest. You got Williams River, so you got the, the, the cold air coming off the river coming up the mountain, and it, it'll just swirl on you. It'll change on you. I when I'm going to set a stand, I always take my the, my wind checker and I always check the wind. I know what it's doing in the morning. I know what's going at noon. I know what's going of the evening. If I don't like it, I won't set a stand. There. I'll I will move on to somewhere else, or I'll try to go lower, go higher, uh, to, to to play the wind because they they they're our whitetails here are like the elk in Colorado. They can wind you from way off. I mean, they are really smart. What? Well, do you, uh, go ahead, Nathan. Well, and and then again, we we we've talked about that before as well. And I mean, if if you're not going to, I, I will almost, you know, a thermal switch or the wind switches or something else. I mean, we may be in prime time, and. I've gotten to the point to where I'll just get down and I'll go to my truck as the sun's going down because yep. you you are basically you're doing yourself more harm than good. You're better off not being there than you are being in the stand and by chance. And I mean, especially the caliber of deer, which by the way, I'd like to say is is absolutely amazing that that you're killing in mountain country. But um, I, I just you, you might as well not do yourself harm and get down and put in your favor. So. I mean, in situations like that, how how often do you find yourself moving in those mountains? Because you said it, it's swirling around like crazy. How, how do you get to a setup and actually sit down, you know, any amount of time for, uh, for a deer to come by? It's really hard. Uh, I've known, I found out myself from hunting. I've, I've got several stand locations that I hunt, but there is no good morning stand because the wind's always so bad. So I only go in at noon and hunt till dark i don't i mean there's i don't even hunt mornings i do not hunt because there's no use that you bust you bust a buck up there and it goes 10 miles yeah you know it don't go to the neighbor's property it goes it's gone <laughs> uh, well 
I mean, what, what about like, uh, I can't even imagine, you know, there's, there's rock bluffs and, you know, valleys and everything else. What does that do to the wind? And how do you ever get a consistent wind out of that? You, you don't get a consistent wind. You, 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 you just, uh, you use scent control to the best you can use it. Um, some days the wind's not good, but there's a chance the day that I killed the big buck, the wind was terrible. Um, it was blown straight toward the deer, but evidently whatever I had on worked or either at or the doe, he was more interested than the doe he was me. Well, and James, I, I have to, uh, cause of course I, I saw your, uh, I saw your hat and your shirt you have on there. I, I was, uh, I was in a group with some guys with the, uh, who I believe started the uh, Mason Dixon experience. And, uh, I know those guys for, for a while, they were, uh, you know, using, uh, a lot of scent lock stuff. And again, scent control. I, yeah. me personally, I'm a big believer in it. I, I believe you have to do something. You're never going to completely defeat a deer's nose, but anything you can do to knock it down and put it in your favor to just trick them enough to get them within bow range. I personally think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't do it. What do you think? Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I wear scent blockers. Uh, it stays in a tote. And it don't come out of the tote till I get beat to get them more going. I take slide the tote back out of suburban. I take the clothes out. I put the clothes on, or I will pack them to the stand because it depends on which stand I'm going to. And then I I use a limb shield. I you know bathe the limb shield. Use the foam. Uh, just do. I mean, any edge you can get on because they're just so smart. People don't understand how smart a white-tailed deer is. They are so smart. Their nose is so hard to beat. I mean, it's just it's unreal. I think it's their one, number one line of defense, uh, you know, that in sight, but definitely their nose. They're A, a, a mature buck's not going to walk if he doesn't know what it's out in front of him first. So, you know, the old saying where yeah. uh, you want the wind just almost in the deer's favor so that you can. Yep. The, 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 wor the worst thing that I can say is if you see it, if you're in a stand and you see a buck and he starts licking his nose, it's probably a bad day for you. Yeah. Because yeah. he's done. <laughs> he's done busted, yeah, he? <laughs> he got a whiff, didn't he? And he's trying he's trying to pinpoint you at yep. that point. <laughs> You're just hoping the wind flips around just a little bit so he so he quits. <laughs> oh shoot. But I oh. will one thing, one worst thing in the world is that big old doe blowing, man. Oh man, I I've had big old mature doe blow more hunts than I'd ever like to admit to yeah and we're rolling yeah she's uh she's got little ones she's looking after pretty much year round and and the least of her concerns is where there's you know or at least the bucks looking for does a lot of times does just worried about what's out in front of her and taking care of her little ones so um what kind of uh what kind of train features are you looking for when hunting in the mountains i mean we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier but what are you using to well, get? I, I, I'm sorry. Go I, ahead. I look. I look. I look for the flats. Um, the oak flats, because generally we have oak just about every year. We don't have it every year, but just about every year. Uh, I look for the oak flats, uh, white oak, red oak. You know, because they have to eat, and there's nothing else up there besides laurel that they do eat. Besides, you know, maybe grapes here and uh, uh, beach here and there. Beach hits every two or three years. Uh, so I, I, I look for flats on top of the mountain. I, I, that, that overlooks 
I actually like to hunt overlooking a road because then buck, then bucks will travel that ridge and look over and watch that road for vehicles. It's <laughs> a good call. What about you were touching on, you know, there's, there's, you know, uh, acorns and you said some grapes, do you have anything like persimmons or wild, you know, we're talking back from when the settlers were coming through persimmons or wild apples or pears or anything grow. You can used to be you, you could feed and bait in the national forest. You can't. They passed a couple of years ago. Uh, you can't. Um, you can throw apples out, and it'll actually scare them because they've never seen them. They don't know what they are, and they just it scares them. They don't want anything to do with them. Really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've, I've got to ask you, James. You know, since we just got on the subject of food, you know, we're a couple Midwest boys here. We got row crop, and you know that we're. We're proud of that and thinks that grows big deer and everything else. But as Todd alluded to earlier, uh, you have killed two two deer uh, bigger than anything we've ever even come at a sniff of having a chance of killing. How in the mountains in that kind of terrain with nothing but acorns to eat, are you growing 170, 180 inch deer out there, bud? Uh the, the protein on white oak and red oak is unreal how high it is. It's, it's so high. And they, they will eat every – white oak falls first, red oak falls second. They eat white oak early in, early in the season. And then they eat red oak when the snow comes on. They go have to take for food. They go back to the red oak because it normally hits about every year. So, but the oak, is it just does so much for, the, for their horns and their body. It's just un, it's un, they You could take a handful of acorns. I got pet deer. And you can put acorns in your hand. You can put corn in your hand or whatever you want. That way you can make acorns out of your hand instead of the corns. Yeah, I think that's the preferred, especially those white oaks. Yep. yep. What about, um, you know, we were talking about elevation. And, and do you pretty much have a snowpack on all winter? Uh, pretty much, it just depends on the winter, but uh, it may, like I say, it may be October, say October 12th here, you wake up, it's 40 degrees with a light rain. You get up there, it'll be 28 degrees with six inches of snow. Once once the snow so, hits, is it there yeah, for the winter? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, up there on the mountain, not go away. <laughs> when, um, when you're setting up, you're, you said you kind of hope uh, hunt flats, but when you're setting up your tree stand, because I'm guessing, you know, big woods and mountain country like that, you just don't know where they're going to come from. Uh, I mean, what's your general uh, philosophy there on, on, on hanging a, a tree stand? Uh, I, I do a lot of scouting. I do a lot of, a lot of cameras. I found, find their roots, their travel roots, because, you know, it's like anywhere else. Your summer pattern is different than fall patterns. The patterns up there, don't change a lot from summer to fall because they have no pressure on them. They're not going to a, a, a feed, you know, feed source as a, as a cornfield or a soybean field. They, they're still eating the food that was there from last year or, you know, the, the fall before. So I just, you know, I set up cameras and I watch the travel routes and, and, and follow log roads because they do log the national forest here. Uh, unlike they do a lot of places else, they don't, but they do here. Okay. Um, how do you kind of mention it just there, but how does the, how does the time of year affect the way the deer move? You know, like early season here in the Midwest, uh, we'll hunt like the last hour of the evening, waiting for them to come out, you know, and transitions areas. And then as uh, you know, mid season, we're starting to kind of look at pinch points and things where we can catch a buck moving and then 
Then, of course, late season, we're back on to food sources again. But, but you were saying, you know, uh, they're eating acorns there in the, in the mountains, which anytime – Nathan and I were talking about this the other day. Anytime we have a huge acorn crop here in Missouri, it hurts our deer uh, being able to harvest deer because you just don't know where they're at. Yeah. Nope. It just makes them so hard to hunt when you when you got when you got a good acre crop, which we're gonna have this year. It's just so hard to hunt them because you know you got you, you're talking you got you got uh, sixty five thousand acres of hardwoods, and oak is everywhere. So our deer population here isn't real good in the mountains. So it's you may have a buck that you've seen regularly, have pictures of regularly. And he may leave and not come back for 11, 12 days. What? We, we kind of jumping all over the place here, but while you mentioned it, you know, our deer per square mile, what do you think it is, Nathan, 25, 30? Yeah. What, what do you think it is in the, in the mountains there, James? I'd say in the mountains, your tops, you'd be 8 to 10. Wow. Okay. <laughs> With no way to pattern them. <laughs> no. When I killed this buck in 2020, I had set 12 days and hadn't seen one deer. Oof. I'd give up deer hunting. <laughs> bear, bear, bears and bobcats, never seen a deer. I go, I go more in a set without seeing a deer, and I'm like, well, I, they must have drawn everything off. I'm moving on. <laughs> you ain't got patience here. You better stay home. I guess so. <laughs> is there a is there a time of year that uh, you know that they do? Because I know here earlier in the season, you know, you'll have your bachelor groups of bucks, uh, things like that, and then you know late in the year they'll kind of herd up again and and, and kind of get all uh, in a group. Is there a particular time of year to where you know your certain spots you're going to catch them, or you you know your deer numbers will go up uh, due again just due to the season change? Uh, it, sometimes it does, um, uh, you know, that you like to say the bachelor bucks in the, in the, in the, uh, spring and into the early fall as right now, you know, you still have, you know, I still have several bucks running together, but our big bucks don't, they don't bachelor up. They're always the one. They'll come in and run every, every other buck out. If you got a, if you got a mineral side or if you're feeding, you know, on a, on a, a lease, which I'm on a big lease to, on two big leases actually. But they will push, they'll push the little bucks out. They don't actually, like you see in the Midwest, or you see on TV of these big bachelor groups of these big bucks running. Ours don't do that. They just don't do that. Is it is it legal to bait in West Virginia? It is. On private land, you can't bait on public, but you can private. Okay. okay. All right. So I guess you can put, man, you were saying you can put mineral sites out too, right? The least I hunt on up, up on Golly, I put minerals out year round. I don't never never quit. I never take the cameras down. I I, I put minerals out year round, uh, which helps build good bucks. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said, like, year before last is when they passed the law here that you can't bait on public land, but they messed up in the law and didn't have stipulations for uh, minerals because minerals actually ain't feeding them. It's supplements, so they changed that last year. So we can't do that now. Okay. We unfortunately, where we're at here in Missouri, we can't put minerals out. Of course, we've never been able to bait, but we're in a CWD zone, so that you just don't get to put anything out. Which I'm sure is gonna. They just started at what Nathan three or four years ago, five or six maybe. I don't know. I think it's five. 
Well, yeah. It's uh, it doesn't help our deer herd at all. Uh, uh, we could we could go into a long conversation about CWD, but uh, they're not yeah, getting the minerals they once were getting from us. So, yeah, yeah, we uh, don't, we don't have much. CWD here. Well, it's no good, but uh, sometimes I I believe it exists. I believe it's like COVID. I believe it exists, and I believe it can be bad deal yeah. and, but i don't know that it's going to devastate a herd yeah. like the uh missouri department of Con conservation coming in and just leveling everything on your property yeah yeah we'll probably end up in trouble for saying that <laughs> well i've got i've got a buddy who uh who is in one of those zones that the missouri department of conservation has let go in and you know they can hunt at night they can hunt this is in the middle of the summer yeah. and i he said he hasn't he hasn't noticed uh, any difference except there. There's he's like there's a whole lot of uh, of bucks. He hasn't noticed a bunch of sick deer. He hasn't. I mean, I don't know. He he said uh, he doesn't think it's having quite the effect that they uh, they were hoping it would have. So, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no answer to it, and we've gone way off topic here. But uh, like I said, I don't know that going in and shooting fifty deer in a night's the answer either. But no. Um, are there defined areas in the mountains? Like, you know, like, like, you know, this is where does are bedding or, uh, this is a great transition spot or, you know, there are no destination nation food sources, like what we're talking about. But, um, I just can't really like, wrap my mind around just walking out in the woods and, and hoping to find a place where the deer were coming. Yeah, it's, uh, you the banding areas, I mean, if you're hunting near a lease, which is normally a warehouser, which is normally clear cut, just about all of it. So anywhere you hunt near the edge of it, you're going to have bedding areas. You're going to have good travel routes coming out of the bedding areas because they're, they're new clear cuts. But if you're deep in, into the National Forest public land, you, you have to hunt off the uh, the uh, laurel patches, the greenbrier patches off the face, the river faces, uh, because that's the only really the place they got that they can bed down and hide. I mean, not be out in the open. Okay. Um, what about, um, you know, you were saying you, you hunt a lot of ridge tops and, and, uh, you know, whether, but are, are there like, a, do you ever look for like a, we kind of talked about this earlier, like a defined rock bluff that, that just, they have to walk past that. There's no way to get around them. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's, I took my son to a place up there a couple of years ago. He'd never been there. I've been there years and years ago. There's a big rock. This rock is 100 foot high. It's a monster rock, but it's a rock shelf. They have to cross under this rock to get around this rock, and because the whole top of the mountain rock, and it's a big oak flat. So you can sit there on that rock all day, and you'll see deer all day long traveling through there, whether they're speeding or not, because they have to go around it to get on back on top of the mountain. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. So you know, we look for that stuff where uh, you know. Uh, pinch points where they kind of narrow it down where, you know, from one field to the other or whatever. But, but I was kind of thinking in the mountains, well, it, you, you probably have to hunt where they, where they have to walk because, you know, yep. they're not, they're not billy goats. They're not going up and down rock bluffs. James, I know, uh, I know around here, they, uh, I mean, we do have some, it's not all ag land, especially in Missouri, you get, you know, more towards the, uh, middle part of Missouri we have the Ozark Mountains and everything so uh, nowhere near what it is there but I know in those 
type of terrain changes we have here. I've hunted them before, and I know a lot of those guys uh, look for those saddles uh, in those elevation changes. Uh, you know, like you said, them those ridge tops. But again, the part of the the part of the ridge that isn't quite as high as the rest of it. Um, those deer yeah. uh, around here seem to go up and over uh, those areas. Uh, do you key on those a lot as well? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, deer, the uh, deer is like us. It's going to travel the, the path of least resistance. I mean, it's going to go the easiest way. So if there's a low gap coming to the top of the hill to the flat, they're going they're going to go through that low gap to the top of the hill. Um, but the, that's the low gap is another place we well, I mean, it's pretty much a saddle, but uh, is a is a good place to set your stand up to watch because they will filter through there because uh, like I said, it's easy to get through. And, and a lot of times, too, that's where you're going to find your oaks, too, isn't it? Is that true? I know out here it is. I, is it the same way out there? Yeah, same way. Gotcha. Yep. Do you, do you, and just from your experience, something just kind of popped in my head. Do the deer tend to bed higher or lower, or does it depend on the year? Just pretty much depends. I mean, I I I, I posted a picture of a nine point last year, hundred thirty inch nine point, came in a bed down underneath my tree stand and slept for two hours. Uh, just just right on the middle, right out in the open, just bed down underneath them and slept for two hours. Uh, but they tend they tend to to, to bed off. It, off the face, down in down in the low gaps, and in the laurel, off the off the top. They they don't normally bed on top like that. I guess he was tired. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been chasing wore ladies out, all night. Wore out from going up and down in the mountains is what he was. <laughs> yeah. I let him, I let him go times last year. He gained thirty inches. He's back this year. He's a he's a shootable buck. But he's only four and a half years old. Wow. <laughs> Nathan, we're going to quit hunting in the Midwest. Just go see James. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm going to need to get in shape before I go walk up and down them mountains. Oh. I can see that. That's going to kick my butt. Uh, I can tell you, James, if you can't get me there on a four-wheeler, my fat ass ain't going. <laughs> I, 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 I get you there. James, I got to ask you, bud, that, uh, is that that 180, what'd you say, 186 uh, hanging up there behind you? That's him. So, <laughs> He's a beautiful deer. <laughs> I, I, that's a dandy. <laughs> well, I got three or four on the wall back here that we couldn't add up to make that. <laughs> I, 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 the strange thing was I had no, no, uh, I had never seen this deer, had no idea he was even there. That's that's always exciting. There's something new. <laughs> so when I when I shot him and recovered him and posted pictures, the lease that's beside our lease, they was pit they was guys ten mile away had this deer on camera. Oh really? Oh. Was it was it during yeah. the heart of the rut? Yeah. Uh yeah, May thirteenth, November thirteenth. Yeah. Again. Now, that, that was that was the that was the 13th day of that 12 day set. I told you I seen nothing. That was the 13th day that came in. Nice. <laughs> well, so let me, let me ask you this. What, um, and again, that's, that's kind of what, what, what I was leading up to is kind of the, the, the story with that buck and, you know, kind of your setup and everything else. So what, what made you 
hang in that spot, not seeing any deer or whatever. I mean, what, what did you see? Is it just from past experience? You knew one was going to buzz through there or, I mean, what made you uh, hang any days seeing no deer? Past experience, like I said, sitting on the edge of the, 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 the flats to where it's overlooking. I, I've killed, I've got five bucks on the wall over 135 inches that I've killed off this ridge. And this ridge is inside of the road. Hmm. They just tra travel this ridge. And I had I had sat there before the 12 day set. I had seen a big eight. I'm talking 140 inch eight, good buck. I mean, good buck. But he came in behind me, I couldn't get a shot at him. So that that's the buck I was hoping to see. And it rained that, that evening that I went. I told my wife, I said, just got a feeling that's going to be a good evening. So I went, hung the stand. Sat there from noon till uh, it's like four thirty. Hadn't seen nothing. I said, I'm going. I told myself I'm going to grunt at five or five o'clock. So anyway, I grunted, and it wasn't like three four minutes. Two does come busting through. Well, it's doing a fawn. The fawn's leading the doe, which I thought was strange. And they stopped out about 25, 26 yards, and then they just took off running. Well, I hear a grunt, and I look off. It's foggy. I can't see nothing. So I look back to the does to see where they're looking. And the next grunt I hear, he's underneath the rungs of my summit climbing tree stand. So, I did not see him. Come. I seen him when I shot him. How far was it? Yeah. What was it? How, how far off was he when you shot him? Straight down. Straight down. 30 feet. Damn. Yep. <laughs> I look like an Good Lord. He was under my stand. And when I went... And I, I've used I've used a climber my whole life. I got them too far apart. I couldn't when I drove my bow back. I couldn't pivot too because I had a platform too far down from the top. So I had to walk a sidestep to stand, hang over the edge, and shoot down around it to, to shoot him. <laughs> I've done that before. It's a little hairy. I thought, well, my harness will hold me. Just keep leaning. <laughs> That's awesome. Is that pretty much your your strategy for hunting the rut? You've got that just previous experience, knowing that they're going to be there. Yeah, yeah, I will be there. Uh, uh, last year, uh, me and my son hunted the pick, the pick dad the rut was the week before rifle season came in on a Saturday. It snowed; it was really cold, snow blowing, ice. I seen six good bucks chasing. He seen six good bucks chasing. He actually actually drew on a 140-inch eight-point, but it was hardcore and away from him, and he wouldn't take the shot. Okay. Hmm. Um, you talked about earlier, but, you know, uh, you said you don't hunt the mornings, but typically when you hit the stand at noon, are you is your just strategy just sit and wait them out the rest of the day? Or, if, you know. I'm there till an hour after dark. Okay. Well, let's get into this because it's something I've thought about in the – especially the big woods or the mountains like that. What about access? I mean, how do you, because uh, you don't know where they're at typically, I'm guessing. How do you keep from blowing everything out in the woods as you get in and out? Uh, well, like I said, if you, they, they tend to try, they don't tend to travel the rough way. So the, the day I killed the big buck, I didn't actually park on our lease and go in. I parked on the national forest and walked the mountain up over the mountain, straight up over the mountain which is a good walk, really good walk. You have to pack your clothes in, you have to wear shorts because time to get there, you're soaked. So you have to pack everything, put it on when you get in your stand. Uh, but 
that's I, I try. I usually try to go the hardest way in. I just it tends not to blow them out. Okay. Um. That my other question is, especially that deer over your right shoulder there, how the hell you get it out? Uh. Well, it's pretty much all downhill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that works because I don't want to drag one over the top of the hill. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much all downhill because you're right on the top. Yeah. Nathan and I have drug him up some around these some of these hills around here, and uh, you know I'm 50 years old. I don't need to die of a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I turned 50 in June. So. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Nathan. I'm sorry. No, I and I mean, I like I said, I, I was just going to ask because again, over the over the last four or five years, you know, I've started to do some traveling, hunting around, and everything. Um, you know, for a for a lonely Midwesterner like myself, you know, if I decided to come out to uh, you know West Virginia or Mountain Country or whatever else, what just what would you know what would be your tips uh, as far as what to look for? Because again. Nine times out of ten, uh, you know, a guy just traveling, he may be coming out for a week, you know, three or four days, and it, it seems like uh, you could have some pretty rough hunting. A guy might not want to head back to West Virginia after <laughs> a week or so there. But I mean, again, when you have things like you have over your shoulder there, uh, to me, I, I'd hunt that many days if I could put something like that on my wall, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, public land here is really good um you have a few people that comes in from out of state that hunts it but most of them grew up here they moved out of state for jobs uh you you have no you have no pressure from other people in anywhere in the national forest that you'd like you, you just want to go i mean it, it's if, if you get a half mile from the road you'll never see nobody because they are no they're all, everybody's lazy if they can't shoot it from the road they're not shoot, i mean you can actually like i said you can walk a half mile from the road and you'll never see nobody uh, Wyoming County, Boone County, uh, McDowell, uh, our bow only counties, any of the public land down there, uh, it's, it's just, it's unreal because that's a one, one buck, one buck a year county and it's bow only. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. When, when does your bow archery season come in? Um, it comes in this year, September. Let me see. I had to write down, I forgot, uh, September 24th. Okay. So it doesn't come in on the same time every year. No, no, it changes. It'll be the uh, it'll be the uh, the the uh, like the third Saturday in September. It may be early, it may be late. Uh, you know, whenever the third Saturday would be. It's kind of like our rifle season. What is it? The second full weekend in November, Nathan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I. I mean, I hate to say it, uh, a couple of things you talked about West Virginia doing, I mean, that's probably why you guys have some good hunting there. I honestly, I, as far as Missouri is concerned, uh, we're, to me, I, I think we could, uh, we're kind of lagging behind uh, the states that are surrounding us because um, most of them either limit the tags out of state guys can get or, you know, the tags are more expensive. Um, we have uh, just, and none of those states you can rifle hunt the rut. I mean, we we have a rifle hunt, the smack dab in the middle of rut. Our out-of-state tags are cheap, and as many people can come in and buy them as they want. So I, I just think we, you go to a conservation area, especially in northern Missouri, 
I mean, you you go walk out there once the sun comes up and you feel like you're in a pumpkin patch. I mean, it, it is just yeah. and I and a lot of there's some only ones, too. But I mean, they get hit pretty hard as well. It, it's just it's hard to uh, find some public ground that isn't pretty heavily pressured around here. I, I think yeah, another thing I like. Are, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. James, go ahead. I will say our four, our four by only counties is they're the only counties that's a one buck limit. Our our county, the rest of the counties is a three buck limit, three, uh, which makes it hard. I mean, my my, my buck came out of a three buck count, which it, which made it rare. I mean, uh, but they really there's nobody. I mean, there's no pressure on anything, so they're they're there. I mean, if you want to hunt them, they're there. That's kind of one of the things I wish Missouri would change. Uh, we can. Nathan and I could we hunt we hunt the same little farm there in Missouri uh and between the two of us we could say take six bucks off there a year if we wanted to you know you get into yeah, states like uh, big buck states like Ohio and Illinois and, and uh Iowa you get one buck yeah yeah well you know I mean Colorado and all the all the all the all the Western states have done it with elk for years. I mean, so you know, you kill one elk a year, you may be get, you may be the next guy and get a cow. But yeah. you know, what I mean, every and look, look what, look what they got. You go public land out here, you can kill an elk by anyone. Yeah, a good elk. So, I think you so. know, that's where we 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 be, we've been pushing for a one buck limit for the entire state of West Virginia. Been trying for years. Got some people in 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 the DNR that just just ain't into it yet. Uh, they're older. They're you know they're in their sixties and seventies and that you know they've been there their whole life, so they're they're pretty much stuck there. So when they come out, we should be able to get some one buck limit here, and we should grow some big, big bucks. Where we're actually that we had four bucks come out of West Virginia last year over two hundred inches. Wow, wow, that's not something you typically hear either. You know, when I we were talking West yeah, Virginia, that, and I was like, ah, I'm thinking basket racks, but no, I'm looking at the one over your shoulder. That's not a basket rack. <laughs> yeah, that that. That that's fourth in the state with a bow. So, I mean, you can. That's just. There was four non-typicals killed over two hundred inches last year. Uh, they was uh, a one ninety four uh, gross uh, net of one ninety one, which took second place and bumped mine back to fourth. Killed last year. Uh, there's always two or three every year that's killed is above one eighty in the bow only counts. Wow, what's uh. Was I guess I um, that looks typical. It's typical, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, we were back to what we were talking about: three buck limit, and that. Uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of time the almighty dollar dictates that they know they can get yeah. more money out of it if they. So. It is what it is. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, our hunting license, our sportsman's package with a trout stamp, you know, for hunting fishing, and that gives us a national four stamp, but. Is around fifty some dollars. You can come here and hunt for one hundred and ten dollars. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean, just you know, yeah, yeah. That's what it costs non non resident one hundred ten dollars. What's ours, Nathan? I think it's two twenty five. <laughs> yeah, two twenty five, two fifty, somewhere right around there. Yeah. When I first started hunting Illinois, it was one twenty five, and you could get four tags. Uh, but those days are long gone. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, year before last out there, I had chance. But. Well, I think you cut out a little bit. Go ahead. I didn't hear you. But I hunted last time I hunted the Midwest was year before last. I hunted Illinois, uh, but 
I didn't get to go last year. I'd like to go this year. I ain't decided yet. I'm going to Ohio for sure a couple of weeks. Are you going back – we're jumping way off talking here. Are you going back out west elk hunting this year? Uh, nine, nine or ten days I'm leaving to go to Colorado. going to start hunting about the 7th of September. going to stay to October 2nd. Oh, shoot. Going to be out there three weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, if I kill early, I'll come back. If not, did you go? Did you go to Oregon last year? Yeah, I flew to Oregon, hunted uh, the Rogue River. Uh, men, men, a buddy of mine. We uh, there's four of us ended up killing three, three out four of us killed elk, Roosevelt elk. First time ever out there. Wow, that's awesome. Dude, they have white tails out there. Or they black tails. Um, black tails, black tails, and some good ones. Really? <laughs> huh. um, yeah, yeah. Well, try to get back on topic here. I'm sorry, I get way off, but um, and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. But uh, trail cameras, you run them, and do they? You know, what's kind of your strategy when running trail cameras? And and uh, you know, I'm guessing you said earlier that you can, especially on private land, you can put out minerals. Are you running them on minerals right now? And how does that kind of yeah. change as the season runs on? Um, well, it changes some, but not a lot. Uh, if I if I find really big buck, really big buck activity, get pictures of them. These bucks here are they they're different. They if they see the camera and they know it's there, they will never walk back in front of it. Okay. I mean, they're that small. I I have hung cameras i usually hang them really high uh i'll hang a camera watching my camera to get a pictures of the bucks that's coming in behind it that won't come in front of <laughs> it's creative i'm telling these bucks here are smart man i'm i, I don't know it ain't i mean you know i, I hunted the midway i hunted illinois last time i hunted illinois i took cameras up and hung got pictures of bucks everywhere i mean every night there's bucks in front of them if that buck sees a camera here he's pretty much done in front of that camera yeah. Do in the mountains there, I know, you know, they're big, big deal now, uh, are the cell cameras. Are you, are you able to get cell service in the mountains or are you still running just old trail cameras? Actually, actually I, I run both. Uh, I got seven, seven tactic cams going right now. Uh, and one multi-mobile, uh, we just signed a contract most multi-mobile for the, uh, for hunting show. And then I got a bunch of new ones I got to put up, but, uh, no, they, uh, yeah, I got, like I said, I've got seven of them running right now, mobiles. Uh, I actually got them on up Williams River, got one that runs. I don't know how it gets service, but it does. So, I, I mean, I don't know. There's no service on I got service on the camera. <laughs> That's nice. Good deal. Um, we talked about deer numbers, and probably the last thing, uh, unless Nathan's got something else, I got a couple things I want to touch on real quick. But what about predators? I know you got bears. I know you got bobcats. I'm guessing you got coyotes, right? Yeah, I got coyotes. We got we got a lot of coyotes, got a lot of a lot of bobcat, a lot of bear. Probably the hardest thing on deer, which people don't expect, is bear. The bear is the hardest on deer around here. The fawns. Really? Yeah. Easy pickings, isn't it? Yeah. People don't. Learn. Yeah, they just don't realize, you know, because you know, bears sense of smell is so good because they, they can't see. These bears just they can't see, but their nose is unreal, and they can sniff. Because, you know, a fawn don't have no scent when they're born, but a bear can smell them. And, you know, a coyote walk right by one, but a bear won't. Huh. Wow. Do you, uh, do you see a lot of bears hunting? And do they give you any problems? 
Uh, yeah, they give you lots of problems. You can't leave your, um, if you're using a climber, uh, you got to take your seat with you every night because it won't be there in the morning. Uh, you got to keep your cameras in lock boxes because they'll tear them up. Uh, they're, I mean, they're just curious. It ain't that they're destructive. They're just curious, you know, I mean, and you'll see, I seen, I seen four different bear in 30 minutes last year in one evening. Do they, do they, do they mess with humans at all? I mean, if they saw you, would they, you just steer clear of them, they steer clear of you. Yeah, if they see you, they're running just as hard as they can run the other way. They are scared. They are, they, they're more scared of you than you are of them. That's good. <laughs> well, the, the reason he's asking this is because we've actually just started. They're doing a draw right now, but they've, they've, we've started bear hunting back. We're finally, our population here in Missouri is getting up there and they are getting close to the area Todd and I hunt. So he's, <laughs> he's asking that to find out. <laughs> Uh, them things are going to run from us or not when we encounter them <laughs> years ago when my son was little he was he we were walking in one morning and i and he was i mean just in my back pocket and uh nathan knows my boy but he's 17 now but i said i stopped and said what's the problem here what why why are you walking on top of me he's like dad i'm scared of bears i'm like son i've lived here my entire life never seen a bear don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, bear, speaking of bear and bear hunting, you, you know, Jason, Jason Mills. Oh, yeah. Okay. The bear he killed, I set that up. He, My son-in-law treated that bear for him to shoot. Oh, okay. All right. So are what, you buddies? What? I know they're both from West Virginia, but are you buddies with uh, James Lane? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys ever want to run a bear? Guys, ever want to want to hunt bear off a dog? Just let me know. I can hook her up for you. <laughs> it's good information to know. All right, it's, it's, it's a good time. <laughs> so you can you can't bait them, right? But you can run them with dogs. Can't bait them, but you can run them with dogs. <laughs> Sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jason said something about the. Uh, they somebody shot a little a little doe and they gutted the pile right there and he goes I just sat down over that. <laughs> yeah. yep. that. That was a James's. That's the one he killed down James's house. Okay, yeah, I was trying to remember. What the one? The one he killed with Muslim. He was on on you know it was on the break TV show on on TV and the interview that he done after killing it was in my yard. Was it? I, I didn't yep. know that. <laughs> yep. Are you, are you, I, Use my side, my side beside that thing. <laughs> nice. Um, what we didn't get into this earlier, and I should ask you at the beginning, but uh, you're filming for somebody, right? Uh, yeah, MD Outdoors, uh, Britain White, uh, out of Virginia. And where where can you find that show? Uh, it's on Pursuit Channel. Uh, it's uh, seven o'clock Monday mornings. Uh, we're just getting getting our foot in the door you know just want to get us a prime spot but uh we got good sponsors and uh hopefully everything works out i think it will good deal um nathan you got anything i got a couple of little things but you got anything you want to hit james up with yeah well i just want to ask it well for a couple of different reasons but you know i just uh <clears throat> built a couple of arrows and uh, i'm going through the grinding because i had a bad experience uh Todd will tell you because he's seen the video about 40 times. I 
absolutely drilled a deer last year in Illinois and never found, I mean, you can hear it hit him, see it hit him on video and never found him. So uh, just run me, run me through your setup uh, that you got on your bow from, from your bow to your arrows to uh, what broadhead you're shooting at and why. Well, I'm shooting a, a Bear Refine EKO this year. Uh, I shoot the Hex 330 arrows. Uh, I push the envelope to the, toward the lightness side of it. I like a light arrow. I like speed. 100-grain um, broadhead, fixed blade. Uh, I feel that, you know, high, I normally shoot high 80-pound, but Bear don't make an 80-pound bow, so I'd shoot 70 this year. Uh, but I feel like I can drive an arrow through about anything. Uh I'm just not a heavy, heavy, heavy era guy. I just like to speak. Yeah. What uh, have you been shooting already? I'm guessing you have if you're leaving here pretty soon. I've shot. I, I, I haven't shot a lot because I've been, I've just been so busy. I got my bow set up and I've been shooting. I set my bow up myself. I got all my own equipment. Uh, but I shot, I shot, Saturday in another day. Uh, I'm up, get up 60 yards. So I'm good for Colorado, but uh, I still got to shoot a lot more. Uh, we got the new H eight, which H H A is a sponsor. We've got the new site, new catcher site, tournament sites, and QAD rest. Uh, shooting uh, my my arrow is only twenty six and three quarter. I should shoot a thirty one inch draw, but I don't feel comfortable with a long draw, so I shoot a short draw. Do you uh that H H site? Is that a one pin site or is that three? One pin. They actually they just come out with a new two pin, uh, like the uh, spot hog uh, hog father, uh, but two pin. Uh, but I shoot a single pin. I just, I, one pin is enough for me. Uh, I've got an HH, uh, a sight on that bow in the back. I shoot a Hoyt. And um, I just could never get past because I've always shot at least three pins. So that one I've got has got three pins on it. And, you know, if I need yeah. to shoot beyond that, I can adjust it. But uh, <laughs> my fear is that one would walk out 40 yards and I'd still be looking for one pin. As soon as that pin hit him, I'd let him go. So. <laughs> That's that, that's the thing. I always shot eighty pound. My I've always shot Hoyt, eighty pound Hoyts. Uh, eighty pound Hoyt with a 20, 26 and three quarter inch arrow, 20, 30, and forty yards. Dang, the next one three quarter difference in the in the drop of it. So, I uh, you know uh, you know you're, you're shooting three hundred thirty feet a second. So you really don't have to worry about the drop. So that's why I mean I'm a Hoyt guy through and through. But you know we got sponsored by Bear, so I'm shooting Bear. No, I get that. It's the way it's gonna. It's the way it goes. <laughs> Nathan gets it too. I know. Um, James, if, uh, somebody wanted to follow you, I don't know if you want to give that information out, but you know, like your Facebook page, I follow you, but, uh, or your, or your uh, Instagram account, do you care to give that out? Oh, uh, Facebook's just James Green, uh, with E, my, uh, Instagram's at West Virginia boat, West Virginia boat hunter 1972. Uh, yeah. Give me a like, follow me, you know, I post a lot of stuff, a lot of food. I do a lot of cooking. Yeah, <laughs> some good stuff. He's always got some uh, deer hunting pictures, or or uh, I see. Uh, seems like he cooks a, a decent steak about once every three days, and uh, I've seen some meatloaf and yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah. So, uh, Nathan, you got anything before we wrap this up? No, just what uh, I, I know. You talked about the one deer that grew thirty inches on you. You know, it'd be a one sixtieth type deer. Uh, anything, uh, anything else you got on camera? What, what your hit list look like besides that this year? 
there's a few that I seen. I haven't got a picture of him, but I seen him. I got a camera up. Uh, I, I, he's he's a one one seventies deer. That was I, I seen him at the end of June, first July, and he's a one seventies deer then. Uh, I don't want him to be now, uh, but I got cameras all scattered all over the hillside trying to find him, and I haven't been back up to check him lately because I've been so busy. But the uh, the deer the deer gained thirty inches. I'll send you a picture of him because he's uh, he's he's a pretty awesome buck. I mean he's uh, but like I said, four and a half year old. I'd like I'd like to let him live another year. I would, but there's people in the lease that won't. So if he comes in, he's probably going to die. He's yeah. going to get. <laughs> That's the problem Nathan's got with me uh, hunting on the same lease is uh, he'll let deer walk and I'm by God if it's one twenty and over I'm letting it, I'm letting the arrow go. <laughs> James, I don't. I got. I got <laughs> go ahead. I I don't I don't know if you listen to the podcast we had about about the old man, but if you do listen to it, because man, th this was so funny. I and I have. I've been trying. I've I've shot some good deer's, uh, some good deer off of that farm over the last four or five years. Um, but most of them, I believe, besides that buck we call the old man, I believe believed to be four and a half i think the, the one year before was probably five and a half but i keep thinking that same thing as you would you know they make that big jump from that four and a half to five and a half especially in antler growth you know their bodies finally full grown and we went in and to hunt the old man because we had finally gotten pictures of him after not having pictures of him for almost two years and we go back todd is like hey i got pictures of him midday and I'm like, let's go, man. I'll go film for you. Let's go kill him. And this, I would say he was two and a half. He might have been three and a half year old, 10 point, come up out of the brush. And all I see is horns at first. And I mean, my heart is just thumping. I said, here he comes. And we see what deer it is finally. And Todd, not even 30 seconds later, there's still two hours of daylight left. And Todd's like, Nathan, I think I'm going to shoot him. I said, the hell you are. I'm like, we're here hunting a 10 year old deer. I'm like, you are not shooting that thing with two hours of daylight left. He's trying to get a hold of my wrist and take my release off. I'm like, get off me. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I let two good, good deer go. I mean, this poking young deer and I got a good buddy of mine. He's a, he's a, he's a dentist. He's a real good friend of mine. He hunts. He's like, he's, he's close to a mile away from me on our lease. And I let that buck go. And I said, man, I sure hope that don't go to Paul. Well, that evening, I come, I'm coming out, you know, coming out to get service. And I text him and said, hey, Paul, did you see anything? I never got nothing back. I said, well, he killed something. I mean, I know because we've been friends forever. Well, he, I get home. I get a text. He's like, hey, I think I killed your buck. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said, I think I killed your buck. And he sends me a picture of the buck that I let times that week. I'm like, come, come on. You know, don't shoot them. Right. He's like. I guess the biggest buck ever. <laughs> well, and I just bite your heart. I well, and I, I say it all the time, and I, you know, it, you know, because we we've got several guys hunt out there, especially come rifle season. But it's just like, hey, what I choose to do with you know with my tag and the deer I pass, I, it, that's your tag. Yeah. You do what you want to do with yeah. it. Frustrating, yeah. oh, but hey, we're yeah. all out there to hunt. Take your opportunity. Yeah, I, I still that. For him. I mean, it's the biggest buck you ever killed with a bow. I mean, you know, not, I mean, I was happy for him. Right. I'm like, Paul, that would have been a 150. That would have been a 150. He's like, well, I got it this year. 
<laughs> no, he won't be a 150 because he's on my wall now. <laughs> on my wall and good eating. <laughs> well, James, hey, I appreciate you being on here, man. Um, maybe after the season, we can get with you and just kind of recap what happened with you for a few minutes, if you're cool with that. No. All right, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, you can check James out on Facebook and uh, also on Instagram. And uh, one more time, what's the name of your TV show? Uh, MD Outdoors. MD Outdoors? MD, yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate everybody yep. listening. Uh, deer season's rolling. We're trying to roll these things out every – at least – every couple weeks uh this one's gonna be if we can get it out next day so we'll be out within a week of the last one but uh we appreciate everybody listening thanks for tuning in to busting beats and chasing tails thank you for listening to the busting beaks and chasing tails podcast don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales.